How's it going? Welcome to the Trades and Grades podcast. I'm your host, Noah Wright. Alongside me is Camden Gomer and Caleb Neme. We're here doing a 2023 way too early mock draft for fantasy football. Now, if you're a team who maybe this year wasn't your year, you had some injuries, uh, your players didn't turn out the way you thought they would, and now you're sitting at a you know less than stellar record, all you want, all you can think about is who you're going to be drafting in this year's rookie drafts. Now, some might say it's too early. We said it's it's not too early. It's it's never too early. Be to be excited about something. That's why you're in a dynasty league and not a redraft league. Exactly. And you're always thinking about the next move for your dynasty team. There's never a day off. You're always trading. You're always looking up new players, trying to figure out who you're going to draft. And that's why we're here. We're here to tell you who you should be drafting who you should be trading away, who should be buying, all that good stuff. So today we're going to get locked in here and we're going to do our 2023 Superflex mock draft. And we have Caleb Mimi kick it off with a 101. And to no surprise, I, I have to – Time out, time out. we got to set the constraints here. Superflex, yeah? Yes, this is Superflex. And I suppose before we even start, if you're watching this video, please like and subscribe – to our channel, like this video if you like fantasy content. Follow us on Twitter. At, I have my at right there. Nima usually has his at down there. I think you can't see it because of the way that we have this, but it is at Nimi Caleb. If you don't know how to spell Nimi, it's actually Caleb. Do it before I mess up. N I E M I. Yep, that's how you do yeah. it. So I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You guys all know who I am. So. <laughs> But anyway, yes, please like and subscribe to this video. We really appreciate it. Without further ado, 101. Who are you taking in this year's 2023? You know, draft? I am a Bucks fan. Um, go Buckeyes. But uh, sadly, I will be taking Bijan Robinson, 101. Uh, pretty pretty self-explanatory to anyone who's been following any college football, any, any dynasty content for the last, like, six months. Bijan Robinson – the moment he steps into the NFL and gets drafted, probably in late first, early second round of next year's NFL draft, is instantly going to be the RB1 um, for dynasty purposes. Goodbye, Jonathan Taylor. Goodbye, Bob Gasparri Salt's not there anymore either. Um, it's going to be really exciting. So if we look at this year, his stats are way better than last year, and uh, he's played in less games. So we looked 204 attempts for almost 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, uh, 19 receptions, two touchdowns. I mean, he is literally Saquon Barkley reincarnated. Yes. And uh, we all remember the prospect Saquon was, how excited everybody was about him. Bijan Robinson's the exact same way. Um, six foot, 220, his BNMI of 29.8, all good things. We haven't seen him test since he was, 19. Uh, I think, 18 years old. So the maybe not even, maybe 17. Um, the high school workouts. So uh, his 40 time then was 4.7 so it wasn't great so hopefully he's around that 4.5 yeah four five range, that range which that's all we need that's all we need we don't need him to be jonathan taylor be some speedster because that's not how he wins um so anyway that's my Bijan pitch if you even if you need a quarterback like just take Bijan because most likely in the middle of the season if somehow you need more assets you're going to be able to trade him for two first or uh just enjoy the riches that are going to come Bijan Robinson, Robinson, Robinson. <laughs> if you know me, you know this happens a lot. Um, walks around with the football on campus because he fumbled one time or had some fumbling issues. It's like the biggest knock to him, I guess. 
walks around all day with the football. What a football guy. He is all the way around. And, you know, last year we had Brees Hall as a unanimous 101. And the quarterbacks were less than stellar. Um, Kenny Pickett was really the only one you thought maybe middle of the draft uh, or middle, middle of the first round of the draft. And so now you go into this year and you have guys that, you know, are going to be mentioned here in a second, at quarterbacks and C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And it makes you think because those are very good quarterback um, prospects. And, you know, super flex is running – you're around the quarterback. Like that is the highest priority. But Bijan's just so good that it's going to be a really interesting topic going through the rest of this offseason. Um, but I'm more than happy at the number two pick to go ahead and select C.J. Stroud out of the Ohio State University. Now, really, when I'm sitting here, and for Cam, and really, any of these first three picks, you can kind of fall where they may, and you're still going to be getting a really good player. I just prefer C.J. Stroud based off what he's have, what, what he has physically that Bryce Young doesn't have. Sitting at six foot three, 218. Um, we'll see what, you know, at the combine, but I don't see it fluctuating a whole lot. He's sturdy. You know, he can stand in the pocket. He has some legs. He's having a really good year this year. He had a fantastic year last year. Right now, he ranks number one in college football in QBR at 90.8, tied first in touchdowns total. And he hasn't even had his what was supposed to be his best weapon this year in Jackson Smith the Jigba. Now, Marvin Harrison might have something to say about that. He's been fantastic. But he's been down a guy. Um, and so he's still been able to show out this year. And I just when I'm looking between him and uh, – Bryce Young, the one thing that stands out to me is a difference in their physicality and their overall build, which is not, you know, nothing that Bryce can do. But if I'm going to pick between the two of them, I'm going with C.J. Stroud. How do you guys feel? I think he's the better QB in this class just because I'm, I'm very terrified of Bryce Young's size. You look it up, it'll say he's around six foot. There's a lot of rumors swirling. He's smaller than Kyler Murray, which would put him at like the 5'9", 5'10 range. Um, I'm just curious what will happen to him if he measures in at that. I mean, I don't know. As a guy who's not as dynamic as Kyler Murray, it's like the run game. I think Stroud's the better option. So, I think the, the key thing with Stroud is he's shown um, – like last year he was scrambling a little bit, and then this year it seemed like he was very hesitant to even like – step past the line of scrimmage um, when things got rough. But the last few games, he's definitely shown that he's willing to take that 10-yard open field to get the first down, and I think that's going to be the key, um, especially with his size compared to Bryce Young. So excited for C.J. Stroud. is probably going to get drafted first or second overall. So, Yep. All right, Camden, 103, who you got? This might be a shocker to some people. I'm going Jameer Gibbs. Um, Ooh. Yes. So Jameer Gibbs – I don't know how many of you guys have watched Alabama games. I'm guessing some people might have a little bit just with them playing LSU and in Georgia and Tennessee and whatnot. But Jameer Gibbs is a dog. He's literally Alvin Kamara reincarnated. Mimi talked about Saquon. I mean, you're essentially getting Alvin Kamara. The way he plays, he's pass catcher. He's fast. Um, the biggest knock to him, I think, is that he's like five. He's, what is he, 5'10"-ish? They have him at 5'11", technically, and 200 okay. pounds on So that's ESPN. the biggest knock against him is that he's a little undersized. I didn't get – at that size, he's fine. And, I mean, kind of going back to Nimi's point, I think he's 
really freaking good running back. I mean, Bijan Robinson's generational. This dude is a stud too, and I think he. I don't know. I don't like Bryce Young's size. I'm scared of Bryce Young. I'm starting to think he's going to be a bust in the NFL. So I'm going to go for a surefire running back who is going to hold a lot of value for several years to come. So that that is my pick three. Yeah, I, pick I mean, three. I think that Gibbs is a fantastic running back. Like you said, the, the size, is it does scare me a little bit because when you get around the 200-pound mark, if you get below that, which chances are he probably won't, he'll probably put on a couple, you know, going into the combine. We'll really see what he's – what he's built like then, but I don't have the statistics on me at this moment, but I do know that if you're under 200 pounds as a running back in the NFL, your chances of becoming a running back one are extremely slim. And so I hope that he can kind of gain a few. I'd love to see him get to 210, but the thing about him is it's his speed is his game, his elusiveness, his agility. He is ridiculous. You watch uh, this video. Oh yeah. No, this video or this picture right here, rather, that I, uh, you know, we posted right here, 23 miles per hour is what he hit on this run. So that is just absurd. I think that his speed will probably take him past the point of where, like, I'm not so worried about his size. And, you know, on the bright side, he's supposedly 5'11". Even if he's 5'10", that's fine. He's not 5'8", or something like that. Um, and so where you get into, like, Blake Corum-type area, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about extensively, you know, in the future, running back out of Michigan. But, yeah, his size does scare me a little bit. think he would have gone 1-1 over Brees Hall if this would have been last year? It would have been no. close, but I don't think so. No. I, I agree with everything you guys said. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to try to get my head up there. Sorry. <laughs> the Sorry. Level, you know, climbing the ladder. Um, but, no, I think the the big thing with, like, Jameer Gibbs that I that excites me so much about, about him as a prospect is he has that same type of traits as, like, Alvin Kamara where, like, I know we everyone says it because he's, like, a pass catching back. He has the hair. He kind of looks like him, too. He kind of looks like him, too. But it's, the, the, it, it's kind of, like, the way that he's able to, like, he, like, kind of de-accelerates and re-accelerates in like the blink of an eye and there's not many people that like there's a lot of people that have like just amazing blazing straight line speed um but that's one of the traits of like jameer gibbs and i'll be completely honest with you alabama's offense has been terrible like the only people on the offense are young and jameer gibbs so if he didn't transfer to alabama like i think the the tide would have lost a lot more games than just two games this year and so uh I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the season. Wouldn't be surprised if in the next few weeks he might decide to sit out um, because he's going to the NFL. So excited for Jameer Gibbs. Hopefully he gets that early day two draft capital. And uh, who knows, maybe he'll land on like the Eagles or something like that. And it'll be an amazing spot. Yeah, that would be really interesting as the Eagles, you know, they have uh while Sanders, they can pick up his contract, but if they pick up Jameer Gibbs in the draft, I don't see him doing that. Gamewell hasn't done much for him. So to the Eagles too. That, that's also I've seen that in a couple of mock drafts. Yep, that'd be interesting. All right, Camden, 104. Who are you At picking point, now? I think Bryce Young slipped far enough that I take Bryce Young. Um, I think if you have the 1-4, you probably are struggling at quarterback more than likely. Um, so I feel like every situation is different, but I just feel like he, he goes at 1-4 because um, he does have upside even with the size concerns. I mean, he's a Heisman winner. Let's play with some really good wide receivers. So, yeah, no, it's it's, I mean, me, but I, I think right. he falls too far. I think you have to. The upside is worth it at one four. That's a long way to fall to get a quarterback. 
Yeah. Could be and, as good as he could be. And, and normally when you think about quarterbacks that are in good positions, like Bryson Alabama, are you worried a little bit? Like, you know, this is a hypothetical, obviously, but are, are people going to be worried that he's been in such a good system, hypothetically, that that's been what has been producing these good numbers? And we kind of touched on this, but really this year, that team's not that great on the offensive side. The wide receivers have – there's no one that's stood out like they have in years past. Um, you know, there's no Waddles, there's no Jameson Williams, anything like that. So it's been tough on him. Gibbs has been the only steady Eddie in that offensive group. And so I don't really feel like I can take anything away from him based on him being at Alabama. Um, and he's had a, a, you know, a pretty solid year, all things considered. And so I, the only thing that would worry me, and we, you know, don't want to be a dead horse is the size. We'll see at the combine. They haven't six foot online, 194. I bet he comes in at 510 at most. Um, and so if he stocks up a little bit, they make me a little bit, you know, happier, I suppose. But if he's going to be in that shorter range, like the Russell Wilsons and the, you know, the Colin Murrays, and he's going to be able to have to be mobile. Um, at the next level or just the most insane pocket passer of all time, which could be, but the one Oh four, you're getting a really good quarterback. Caleb, any thoughts on Bryce young? Yeah. I think there's a lot of concerns to be had with his size and everything like that. But at the end of the day, he's going to get top three draft capital. And that's like enough for you to feel very confident getting him at one Oh four. And if, if you drafted him earlier, like if you took him over Jameer Gibbs, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't hate you. It's super flex and quarterbacks typically last a lot longer than uh running backs especially with the landscape like of the quarterback position so yep so i leaves me at the 105 with a very difficult question here who's going to be the wide receiver one now last year in 2022 we pretty much had a running back and then a bunch of wide receivers go off the board um depending on, you know, what the league, we didn't have Kenneth Walker really go into the middle of the first. I think generally speaking, just kind of depends on what your team's like, obviously. But now this year, there's still good wide receivers, but the running backs have been elevated. So who am I going to pick right now between all the wide receivers? It is very tough, but I think I don't want to overreact to what has happened so far this year. I'm going to go with the guy who I thought was a wide receiver one before the year started. That's Jackson Smith, the jig by Ohio State. Um, you know, he hasn't been able to play this whole year because of a hamstring injury. So we haven't been able to see what he can do in his junior year. But last year, playing with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, he just had such a phenomenal year. And I don't think anyone's going to forget the Rose Bowl game he had, which he absolutely smashed like every bowl record that they had with the, what was like 300 and some yards and like a dumb amount of touchdowns. And he's just an alpha type wide receiver at 6'1", 200 pounds, and I just – even with the hamstring injury, he's young enough. I think right now he's just – we haven't been able to see him, so it's more of a recency bias. And Jordan Jordan Aston's been fantastic, bullet in the cough winner last year. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. I still believe in Jack Smith the jig, but, you know, depending on where he goes, if he gets tied to a really good quarterback, he might be in the top five wide receiver category in dynasty – within the next couple of years. So I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to stick to my guy, Jack Smith, the Jigba here. I really Can't appreciate it. I really appreciate you. Know. <laughs> I, of course. I kind of agree. I, I don't know. I, I think it'll depend on draft capital and where each of them goes. But right now I think 
Najigba out producing Alave and Garrett Wilson. I mean, if if Alave is doing as well as he is right now and has this many air yards with a pretty trash QB, to be frankly honest, I mean, Najigba could be in for. I mean, what are the worst teams in the NFL right now? Where where would he go? That would be like the Falcons pair him with like a Drake London. Uh, I would be yeah, that's tough. Carolina, Carolina, that would be Houston. Would be questionable move at best. Houston has a lot of draft picks um, that could be right around that range where the first wide receiver goes. To be honest with you, I think they're gonna be around two top ten picks, with one of them being top two three, and the other one being in four to seven ish range. So if we're looking at like right now, if we're looking at kind of in the end of the first tier, we're looking at Steelers, Texans, Lions, Seahawks, Bears. Bears. I think the biggest thing is the Bears. And that looking at these teams needs, that seems to make the most sense. Cardinals really probably not. So I think Right now, if the Bears stay where they are, it's almost like they're forced to take a wide receiver. Now we'll see yeah. what Ryan Poles does, but um, yeah, I think it. I think that's probably where they're going to be going. Caleb, do you have any thoughts on on Jess with the Jigba here before you get your uh, number six pick in? Yeah. So uh, two things. Uh, I just looked at two mocks, and they don't even have Jackson Smith and Jigba going in the first round anymore, which is crazy to me. Um, oh my gosh. I think they're. I think that's probably an overreaction. I think he probably goes top fifteen. So. Um, I, I do worry about uh, Jackson Smith and Jigs above size, like playing on the outside. He's played in the slot um, alongside some really great receivers. So like he was always like single coverage with a linebacker or safety. Um, so those are some concerns that I have, but uh, based on, you know, his dominary rating, the way that he was commanding a 35% target share with two NFL stud rookies next to him, like the sky's the limit for Jackson Smith and Jigba. So he is my wide receiver one. So good pick for you, Noah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I hate kind of be a Ohio State homer as a fighting Illini fan, but I just like good football players. So it is what it is. Well, it looks like I'm back on the clock and uh, I'm going to do, I think this is the time where we should do something a little bit clickbaity. And so uh, with my pick at, what is this? 106? 106. 106. 106 I'll be drafting Will Levis. Oh, wow. And uh, I know what people are going to say. Oh, Caleb, like, are you a Jordan Addison hitter? I'm not. I'm not. I think he's going to be a really solid receiver. I think the problem is when you look at the way that Jordan Addison has taken targets and he performed really great with Kenny Pickett and now he's performing really great with Caleb Williams, uh, two of the best college quarterbacks back-to-back. I just I need, I need to see like him producing without a solid quarterback. Now, you can say the same exact thing with Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's been playing with C.J. Stroud. So like I understand that argument is kind of null and void. I just Will Levis is going to get like top five draft capital, top ten draft capital, and for a super flex league with quarterbacks, like that's going to hold. He's going to get his chance at some point for an NFL franchise. Now, do I think he's as good as Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? No, I do not think so. But I do think he's way better than Kenny Pickett, who went at like 107, 108 last year in super flex leagues. So I think the value that you're going to get as long with the top ten draft capital is enough to feel very safe in the projection um, that you're not going to lose value on that pick. Yeah, I, um, man, I just, I am not into the, the Will Levis hype personally. I don't know. I know that quarterback means a lot in, um, in Dynasty, especially in Superflex over, you know, some other positions perhaps. But I just can't deny going with one of the stud between 
Jordan Addison, perhaps Quinn Johnson as well. Um, I just don't feel like Levis has been quite as up to par, I guess, for a, a high pick than I would have liked him to be. Um, and so I don't know. I, I feel like that's it's like kind of wrong to take him over <laughs> Jordan Addison, but at the same time, like that's what the quarterback like, – he, he might end up being a really good quarterback and that's, he could be a, worth a lot more than, you know, you could get Jordan Addison plus in the future if he turns out to be a starting quarterback. Um, and so that's the kind of risk that you take with some of these, um, you know, QBs in the first round last year, we didn't really have that because they were so bad, but this year you could see a couple more go off in the first round. So if he gets good draft capital, I think there's an argument to put him there at the one Oh six. Camden, any thoughts? He's got the size, so I don't know. I mean, he's interesting. Boomer yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, the mayonnaise in the coffee could be a turnoff for me. I don't know. I'm not a big mayonnaise guy, um, and so maybe that's what's putting me off here. I don't know. But um, statistically, you know, he's not been what I was kind of hoping he'd be. Um, so far this year, he's got 2,000 yards. His touchdown interception ratio is not super great. 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. His QBR is 54.3 at 73rd. He's playing with a bunch and of bums. I understand, but like at a certain point, like QBR 54.3, whereas I know that they're in better situations, but like Bryce Young being like 83, that's just the, the gap's way too big for me to be able to. I'm going with Jordan Addison, but we'll see. We'll see what they can pull off in the combine and the draft. I'll add one more thought. I know we're trying to end this episode. The big thing with taking Will Levis is the fact that there's aging veteran quarterbacks that are happening right now in Superflex. On top of the fact that a lot of these young quarterbacks like Zach Wilson, um, Trey Lance are not really panning out. So there is a wide open gap for these young quarterbacks to come in and instantly cement themselves as a top 12 option if they show any signs of life. And so if that's that's kind of my whole basis with uh, taking Will Levis. Yep, that's a great point. Right now, the quarterback situation in Dynasty is like there's a big gap in between some of those better quarterbacks. I mean, you have your Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Herbert, you know. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is getting up there now. Lamar, Justin Fields. I wanted to say I hesitate. That's why I hesitate. I was like, I can't say that. Kyler Murray. And then it slowly starts to fade. And like Geno Smith's a quarterback one this year. Taylor Heineke starting. You have Sam Darnold starting. PJ okay. Walker, Joe Burrow's up there. Like it's just kind of a mess right now. Put some so respect on Davis Mills' name. Davis Mills. I bet you ten bucks they don't draft a quarterback and they keep Davis Mills. That is one. That that's a place I could see Will Levis going. Is the Texans? They have a good amount of picks. I could see Will Levis going there. But Davis we Mills, will see. former number one overall recruit out of high school, I think. That's pretty insane. Former number one long neck out of high school. Definitely yes. a five-star. Definitely, like, the best quarterback in his class coming out. Well, we'll see what the Texans do. But if you want to watch the second half of this 2023 mock draft, hit this link. Watch the next video of us. If you're listening on this podcast, kill <laughs> why are you laughing? If you're watching, if you're listening on this podcast, we're going to keep going. But if you want to finish this video and see what the next 7 through 12 are for our 2023 mock, Hit the link, like, and subscribe to this video, and you're going to see who we're going to pick. Will there be more Will Levises in the future? I don't know. You have to stick around and see. Click that link and see who we're going to pick. All right. 107.
What's that? Give me Jordan Addison. Um, Jordan honestly, Addison, the 107. A lot of people have him above Njigba right now. Um, I do not, but we, I mean, he's six feet tall, 174. So he's got decent size. He's definitely smaller than some of the receivers, but dude's production is through the roof. Um, I think there's something to be said to have a good quarterback because, and you put up those crazy yards because they can actually hit you. Whereas, like, if you're, if you suck, if you're good on a team with a bad quarterback, like if you were on Notre Dame, if he was on Notre Dame, he would not put up the same numbers because um, they, Drew Pine's terrible. Um, shout out Drew Pine. Sorry. No, respectfully. You're terrible. Um, anyway, I don't know. I, I think the production's through the roof. He's done it multiple years. Um, can get up and down the field, get open anyway. I I like him at this point. I think he's another guy who goes to a, a great team. He's got some great production. No, I mean, yeah, I agree. Um, Blitnikoff winner. He's been playing fantastic this year. He's in a great system with Caleb Williams, Mario Williams. Um, they're looking pretty good so far, and he just keeps producing. And because of Jackson with the jig but not being in this race, because he's been hurt, it's pretty much been Jordan Aston keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And the further we get along in the season with people not being able to see Jackson with the jig, but, you know, the less likely, I guess, they are to pick him. And so I – just I'm unsure. Like I, I picked Jackson Smith and Jigba, but Jordan Addison has been a solid pick. I don't think you can go wrong between the two. So that's where kind of I'm at. They're both dogs. I I really like this guy. I got think some he's dogs got, on my team right now. You know what I'm saying? They're dude, these guys are dogs. Like this class. Is, the fact that you're getting him at one seven, like you're gonna get one of those top guys that we've said right now, one seven. Right. I think says how much weight. That a first overall, like, or a first overall, first round pick, twenty twenty three yeah. class says because like Jordan Addison would would have been what top four pick last year, I would say at least. Oh yeah, I mean personally, I think he's now. Better. This is gonna get a little confusing because you know, Drake London is on USC, completely different team now. But if we're going like, I go Brees Hall. I personally go Garrett Wilson because I love Garrett Wilson. But I think Jordan Addison is a wide receiver two in that class. You can make the argument that he's wide receiver one. And so, yeah, I think that this is like these are the type of guys you're getting. I, I think Jackson with the Jigma is probably the wide receiver one last year. And now you're getting Jordan Addison. I mean, these are all – you're splitting them by a hair. But be like, if we're going to look at 2022, if you're trying to think like, okay, like how is this going to compare? How are they going to be in Dynasty? Like – this is a good class, and especially in Superflex, these guys are going to slip back when people are picking Will Levis in our previous video <laughs> at, the, at the 106. And they're going to slip back to the 107, but you know it's going to happen. Maybe it's Hendon Hooker. Maybe it's Will Levis. Whoever it is, there's going to be some action going on, especially this year. Last year, it was not quite as exciting because the quarterback sucked. This year, completely different ball game, and now you throw in some – a good tight end. We haven't gotten too deep in the tight ends, but oh, it's coming. Better Don't tight worry. end. It's, Might be. It's we got be... Notre Homer on this podcast, and me. Yeah, I got so, some stuff to say about Michael Mayer. All right. Well, since Cameron took the one hundred and seven, um, I think that I don't even know how we're going to do this. I guess we'll go. No, I go first. You go. Then Nini goes back to back. Then you go, go back to back. We get with that. Okay. Yeah. So I got. I get the one hundred and eight. All right. Well. Man, this is tough. 
Because now we're sitting here. We have three good running backs left. We have a couple good wide receivers. There's a tear break after one of these running backs. So I think to me, there's I think there's a clear next favorite in the running back class for me. And at this point in time, I'm stuck pretty much with I don't like the quarterbacks. I'm gonna go with wide receiver again. Now, who do you choose? Do you choose the guy who's been kind of balling out this year? prototypical alpha or do you go with a guy who's been pretty much non-existent this year hasn't showed up since his freshman year lsu and take the upside swing if you have a late pick in the draft i'm gonna go with a more for sure thing based off of where i'm at i'm gonna let him keep slipping the lsu player keeps slipping i'm gonna go with quinn johnson out of tcu um dude has been on one this year and max duggan their quarterback i felt was kind of hindering him um, throughout the early part of the year. I was starting to wonder if uh, Quentin Johnson was going to show up. Um, but he finally did these last couple of games. Um, he had a game against Kansas. Uh, who Kansas had a good year. They're ranked number 19 at the time. 14 receptions for 206 yards and a touchdown. Followed it up with the game against number eight Oklahoma State. The Big 12 doesn't play a lot of defense. But they are – they have a bunch of solid good teams. He had eight catches for 180 yards and a touchdown in that game. He's been lighting it up lately and is an absolute monster in the red zone. He's six foot four, 215 pounds, just an absolute monster. I would love if he went to the Bears. I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they get a wide receiver early on as a Bears fan. But Quentin Johnston is going to be a great fit for whatever team loves giant quarterbacks who catch the ball, and he has great deep threat catchability. That's one of his best attributes. And he catchability. You're muted. You just muted yourself. He does have big catchability, though. Sorry. No, my AirPods <laughs> But at any rate, yeah, great catchability. Makes amazing catches down, like downfield. Quentin Johnston's who I'm picking here. I like it. Ben, how do you feel? I like it. I I agree. I think – I don't know. Boutte is interesting because hearing some rumblings, he might be picked pretty early in the draft just based on his profile. Like he might get the draft capital. Um, and if he gets the draft capital, I think it will be really interesting. But, um, I mean, Quentin has the same – he has great size as well. He's actually a little bigger, I think, than Boutte at – is he six four? I want to say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's big. I like it. My biggest nervous, like it's like the same exact thing that like people have it with Ohio State quarterbacks, which Justin Fields is now breaking in the NFL. Is just like crap. Like Jalen Rager did the exact same thing. He like broke out his junior season, and then everyone's like, "Man, Jalen, you know, Jalen Rager's a top three wide receiver." Then you were like drafting him over Justin Jefferson, and now you look like a fool. And so like Quentin Johnston, like I think that's my worry with like him versus Boutte. Um like you're not taking Quentin Johnson over Jordan Addison or JSN uh, unless something dramatically happens in the last few weeks of the season. But I think I'm still taking Boutte over uh, Quentin Johnson, but I think he's a very solid player. Like if you're getting him in this 108 to like 110 range, like in a normal year, he's probably going 106, 105, 104. So I like yeah. him. I do think Boutte will, when it's all said and done, have a, have a lower ADP than like, I think he'll get drafted before Williams does, but I, do you like Williams? Yeah. So, all right, Caleb, you have the 
109, 110, back-to-back here. Who are you going to go with? You know, I, if I knew this was tight end premium, this might have been a different decision. But uh, at the 109, I will be taking Sean Tucker as my RB3 in this class. Um, I think I think there's a lot to be said about the – okay, I guess we'll, we'll say this. So 109, we're going with uh, Sean Tucker. But 110, we will be going with Zach Evans. So back-to-back okay. back, so yeah. – Let's, like let's, 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 let's talk about this. Cause I feel like we have to like, now you're comparing like apples, apples to oranges a little bit. So Zach Evans has gotten screwed over in his production this year, which is the typical Ole Miss thing to do. Like, like we know these guys are elite athletes, but they don't necessarily get the touches kind of like, I mean, the wide receivers have killed it, but like running backs recently coming out, not so much. We look at like the career stats this year for Zach Evans. He already has 114 carries, seven touchdowns, eight receptions for 93 yards, even though we do think he's going to be a really great receiving back in the NFL. Um, he has been splitting carries. But then Sean Tucker is the workhorse back that we all think he is. I I compare him to Nick Chubb. I think that's that's like in my heart who I think he is, but I don't know. He looked pretty good against uh, Clemson. But 169 attempts. Everyone 800. looks good against Clemson. Clemson's a bunch of bums. If you went to Clemson, I was at the Notre Dame game, and you guys sucked. So I'm not drafting anyone on Clemson. They're all bums. Um, oh so anyway. Uh, in three years, let's talk. If you if you want to go talk some smack, go talk some smack to Camden. Um, but anyway. You can't talk smack to me. You got the crab beaten out of you. Well, not crab. You know. I'm... Yeah, it was it was bad. that None of the fans were there until the end of the game. It was so bad. Camden, I'm happy for you. And you're talk that talk. Yeah, I was, talk that talk. That's the first big game that didn't feel like it had an asterisk next to it. And Rames won in a long Fair. time. That is, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, we beat Clemson, but Trevor Lawrence is out. Like, right. And then they beat yeah. the crap out of us when he comes back. So, I mean. Yeah. Agreed. But, no, I think that between these two running backs, it's going to be tough because you're going to get these probably close to the end of the first, like we're seeing. And they're both quality backs. I think these are a couple guys that are – kind of in the Kenneth Walker range. I probably would have taken him over Kenneth Walker last year. Now, obviously, we can see how, you know, Walker's doing this year. Um, and so we're probably more inclined to say, oh, I probably would, I would still pick Ken Walker. But at the time, he really wasn't all that special. I mean, he had a great rushing year. We were worried about his catching ability. Um, he's not had that much of a problem in the NFL so far. But these are a couple of guys, if you're thinking of the last year, again, if, you're, if you want to see, like, okay, how do these guys compare to last year, that's the type of zone we're thinking here with Sean Tucker and Zach Evans. I think Zach Evans is really getting looked over because of his running mate in Quinchon Judkins as a freshman. That dude has been unreal. And he's cool, man. He's kind of – You know he's going to be good. Cool, 2025, you ready. Before, names correlate to how good you are. Um, Butte, great name. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Judd Jugson? It's Quinshawn Judkins. Yeah. 2025. Can't wait to do uh, that, that prospect profile. But yeah, he's already had 1,171 yards rushing this year and he's really taken a lot off of uh, Zach Evans. So I think that's where Evans has kind of slipped a little bit because going to into the season, I, I felt like he was almost unanimous running back three in this class, and Tucker and, Bibbs, and Bigsby were right there. Um, and now it's just kind of a hodgepodge. They're all in the same tier for me. 
I don't really see one any different than the other. And so it's kind of maybe de depend on where the situation is, which you don't typically like to do. But like if we're going to go to a tiebreaker, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, he's got 700 yards on the ground this year, eight receptions, 93 yards in the air. So I am a little unsure of what to expect out of him at the next level. Now, Sean Tucker, I'll be honest, I love Sean Tucker. I don't think that he is, like, in another tier than these guys. I do like him a lot, and mostly it's because of the tweets that he puts out on Twitter. Every single time there's a football game and they finish, he tweets out, this was the score. I am pleased or I am not pleased with my performance. I'm not pleased with the team's performance, but we're going to get better. And then he puts – it's the same thing, and it's one giant sentence. And I love it. I'm here for it. He is like the most positive guy. He's always grinding. Dude is working so hard. He's coming in at 5'10", 205. Okay size. Hope for him to put on a little more. Um, but last year, as a sophomore, he ran from almost 1,500 yards. 20 receptions, 255 yards in the air, 12 touchdowns. This year, he has cooled off a little bit once they got into conference play. Um, in the non-conference season, he was tearing it up pretty good. Um, early on, he had a game against like Wagner, 232 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Connecticut Louisville, he had a couple hundred yard games, but since then he hasn't been able to break a hundred yards. Um, so that's worried me a little bit, um, unfortunately. As I do like Sean Tucker a lot, I'm not quite sure he's going to be able. It's tough. It's tough to say what he's going to be able to do. That's going to differentiate himself from other running backs. I would just like to add this caveat. If you're listening to this and you're looking at your dynasty team right now and you're realizing that we just mentioned like four running backs in this first round this year and we're about to mention a lot more if we ever do like a second round mock too, you should be looking to trade these like middling tier running backs off your roster for future picks because they're about to get replaced. Yep. That's no, that is 100%. No way running backs are coming in the It's going to be, it's going to be, a huge turnover. I'm seeing a big turnover of all these older running backs getting the boot. Guys like that are Lenny. younger now, they're coming in. Well, Lenny, I mean, you could go on and on about all these, you know, Shard older White backs. Over that. Rashard White had 22 carries last week. He Rashard already took White it over. already taken over that yeah. backfield. It took him 10 weeks, bro. Not even. But, but it's guys that we see year after year that are like Elijah Mitchell. Not that he's going to be taking – the CMC thing was different, but like – those things will happen later running backs, third and fourth and fifth and sixth round running backs. Generally speaking, now third's a little bit, it's borderline because you can get like a David Montgomery, but fourth, fifth, sixth, those guys are replaceable. I hate to break it to you and I might be in the minority on this, but guys like Damian Pierce, in my opinion, historically replaceable. And with you, this you class, prime example, look at the Jets, man. Look at the Jets. Michael Carter, another one. Everyone, he had a great year as rookie year. I don't think he could have had a better year for where he was drafted and the production that he had. They'd go out and get Brees Hall, running back one of the class. If they're not, you just never know when that's going to happen unless you get like a guy that's got good draft capital. And there's about five or six guys that are going to come out of this class that are going to come in and replace guys like Michael Carter's. Damon Pierce may be an outlier, but I'm going to go with – what has historically been true and statistically been true in those later round running backs, 
And I hate to break to you, like Isaiah Spillers, Zamir White. I'm hoping Zamir White can take over for Josh Jacobs if he leaves. But, like, they might no just rush Jacobs leaves. And all of a sudden, now they got Sean Tucker on their team. Now they got Tank Bigsby on their team. Now they got Zach Evans on their team. And I don't – Zamir White's not going to outproduce them. And so, if you have guys like that, another one, that's this isn't going to happen because – they have too many running backs on their team, but a guy like Brian Robinson, I'm trading away Brian Robinson right now if I can get a 23 second. And I have, and that's just, I mean, that's me, but like, I just don't see those guys as guys who are going to take over even as much as they want to force them into that role. That's just not something that's going to happen. So, Nimi, I like both these picks. We'll get to the last pick here. No, oh, sorry, second last, second last pick here. Yeah, you're at 111. Two more guys. So I got 111. You got 112. Okay. Do it, well, Noah. Do it. It didn't even matter. It didn't even matter because I'm just going to go ahead and get Kayshawn Boutte. Yeah, just, just, he just fell to me. So I'm not picking another quarterback here. I don't know about Hooker yet. They're, he's kind of old. And I know that there's a scarcity at, at the quarterback. I am now – I just realized I just look can't even have what he wanted. I don't even care. If you're at the 111 spot – you're, you're swinging for upside. And Boutte is like the definition of a contender. Like you got second place, most likely you just lost a championship. You get a swing at a wide receiver one. I mean, two flashback to two years ago, Boutte was a wide receiver one of this class, or at least in very yeah, like high regard. But better behave, not squirting water bottles in people's yes. faces. This is, it is like a George Pickens-esque scenario. I think he's got better upside than George Pickens personally. He's, I think he's shown a little bit more. Five star. I mean, it's as good as you want to get, except for he's just, he had an injury issue, it lagged, and then the things weren't rolling super well at LSU. And who knows what's going on there? I, can you so, blame him, though? He has to play for Brian Kelly. I mean, this is true. I wouldn't want to do that. So, but this I is why I, I think that yeah. immediately bumps him up the draft boards, at least a little bit. Well, at any rate, at the 111, this is the perfect swing for upside. If you are a contender in a dynasty league and you can get Keishon Boutte at the end of the first round, you are taking that 10 times out of 10. Caleb? I agree with this. I I think these are the type of discussions like when you're thinking like, man, I'm competing. Should I trade that late 23 first? And you're like, X player that's 27, 26, 28 years old compared to Boutte. And like, I know it's still a risk. Like there's, there's a chance that he busts, but like, I think, like, if you're comparing this, like, would you have traded, like, Traylon Burks was the 105-106 this last year, and you were feeling pretty good about that. But, like, Boutte is such a better prospect than Traylon Burks even was. So it's like when you're considering that, like we said, like, this class is just so deep, it's killer. It's killer. I like that pick. No, that's good. All right, Camden, I think I know what's going to be. But I'm going to go ahead and let you do that. Like, hey, listen. He's going. He's not going past one twelve. Okay, maybe he won't some leagues, but um, I have on good authority. Michael Mayer is not slipping out of the top fifteen picks in the NFL draft, despite what all the mock drafts say. Um, I think you could see some teams trade up for him. Let, let, let's give a hypothetical, all right? Let's say hmm, Justin Herbert, who likes to throw to tight ends and has never had a good tight end, wants a tight end, and the Chargers go, hmm, let's trade up and get Michael Mayer. Where how much you know how much he skies skyrockets up the board if they get Michael Mayer? I don't know if any of you guys have watched him. I've watched every single Notre Dame game, been at all the home games except for the Stanford game. This dude is a freak. He is so good. 
he is the worst quarterback in all of college football. And he's still like all all listen, when Drew Pine takes a snap from under the center and he goes to throw it, he stares at one person the entire time. And it's Michael Mayer. And he still catches the ball. I don't know how he does this. He he gets he should get double teamed every time and he does. Listen, Michael Mayer, I'm on my soapbox and I don't care. I'm proud of it. Michael Mayer's a dog. He's they call him Baby Gronk. I see him as like the Mark Andrews Gronk, like Kelsey roll a little bit. Like he he can catch the ball. He's insane. His route running's excellent. Like I think he's gonna be a top fifteen pick in the NFL draft. And I think with the draft capital, he will rise up everyone's dynasty boards a lot. Um, and if you need a tight end, especially in like a, a league that's tight end premium. I think there's a lot of upside with him, especially if he ends up going to a team like the Chargers or someone else who could benefit from a great tight end. I mean, the Bengals. Yeah, Hayden Hurst is a bum. If the Bengals got Michael Mayer, that kind of be unfair. If they like four Pro Bowl receivers on their own, okay, maybe only three. Yeah, that would be. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. There's a lot of teams where you could look at them and be like, if you put him on that team, they would be so much better. Like, he immediately, I don't know, he's. By far, we, we think Cole Komet's good. This dude, Michael Mayer, has every tight end record possible at Notre Dame. I mean, there's been some pretty good tight ends come out of Notre Dame. Talk about the colleges that tight ends come out of the most consistently. Iowa, Penn State maybe, and Notre Dame. So, I mean, and yep. this dude is the cream of the crop out of, I mean. He's been I'm he's good. Right yep. there. I'm assuming with upside. I know there's other good wide receivers. Uh, there's also some decent running backs left on the board, but a tight end premium league, or even if a one tight end, if I don't have a good tight end, and he goes to a team that has like no tight end, like a Chargers who needs, they've been doing old tight ends. Herbert loves tight ends. They have their tight ends suck and lose them games. Uh, yep. No, nope, I agree. Ran, who doesn't run his routes against on on primetime television, and Herbert does a pick six and they lose. Whatever. Not mad. Yes, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do agree though. I think that uh, the mayor's he's a great prospect. Um, he's going to be I think clearly tight end one of this class. Uh, Baby Gronk, all that good stuff. Um, I have not gotten the opportunity to watch every single Notre Dame game as you have, so I'll I will defer to your judgment. Even though you you know you yes, probably a little biased. I can be. Listen, but, this is the one thing I can be a homer on. And I'm, I'm owning it hard. Listen, it could have been Kyron Williams last year. Where were you at? <laughs> he was out racing him and beating him. Yeah, there you go. That's true. He, <laughs> he did say he did say you could beat him in a race. No, Kyron I Williams. would bet every dog. I, to quote um, the old UConn basketball women's basketball coach, I would go to the bank. I would take out every dollar I own. I would get a second mortgage, and I would bet it all on Kyron Williams. Um, to lose? No, to win. Uh, that was like when, this is a situation where Brittany Griner says, "Yeah, I can yes. beat Marcus Cousins one on one." This I is the same exact saying. scenario that's going on right now. I understand what you're saying, but yeah, Michael Mayer, um, great prospect. I think this is a great. I mean, this just shows again how the depth of this class is because a guy like this would have been much higher last year um, in the 2022 class. So, um, Caleb, any thoughts to uh, wrap us up here? No, I think it's solid. Uh, first, there's a lot of depth still on the board. So, like, especially those second, second round that... has some pretty good guys in it. <laughs> so, like, we're probably – you're probably going to make a second round video at some point. But uh, I know it's, like, dynasty trade deadline. So, like, at the end of the day, like, don't trade those seconds either because the first and the seconds are loaded. 
Yeah, no. I, I mean, you can see how low this class is. We'll get into the second round. We might do it next week. Um, we'll see, like, what you know, we'll talk about it and see what we want to do. But this class is going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to do player profiles on all of these players that we just mentioned. And we're going to go over, we're going to do plenty more mock drafts during the offseason. We're just getting started. Uh, but for you guys that yeah. wanted to see, like, if your team's kind of sucking it up right now and you wanted to get into a mock draft and see, like, okay, like, where am I going to get? Who am I going to get? How good are these guys? We try to put in perspective in the 2022 class exactly where they're at and how we see them. And so I hope that that shows you guys, like, and it helps you understand, like, how good this class is. I mean, you still guys got, like, the hooker kid from Tennessee who's flying at the draft boards. You got uh, Michigan's yeah. running back, Corum, like, there's still, some, still there. He might be in the Heisman conversation at the end of this year, potentially. He has been fantastic. Josh Downs is another guy that we didn't get on the board. Right Look at his face. He's so mad that I just I'll said say that. this. Whoever, whoever he's wins. Disagreeing. He's disagreeing. Oh, he's no, so no, 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 no. I'm agreeing with you. I think whoever wins the Ohio State-Michigan game wins Heisman, too. Yeah. That, I mean, that'll be a fantastic game. Uh, I'm excited to see that. But at any rate, all right, guys. We appreciate you guys listening, watching here on YouTube. If you're watching it, please like this video. Subscribe. Um, this is our second half of the first round of the 2023 way too early mock. If you're listening, um, on Spotify, Apple podcast, please, uh, leave a review, rate it, all that good stuff. Really appreciate it. Keep this going. We cannot wait to get more into this class. Keep doing this stuff. And Caleb's right. This dynasty, uh, traded lines coming up here soon. So be making those moves, figure out what your team is going to be like. And maybe get a couple more picks uh, for this upcoming class. Um, But at any rate, all right, guys, appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you guys soon.